Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 22 of our podcast that was originally recorded on April 28th of 2014. This was a solo podcast with just me and some of the stories I discussed were CCP canceling the World of Darkness MMO on the same day that the Georgia government extends tax credit to developers. Project Cars gets a November release date and has photorealism graphics. Minecraft 360 saves will transfer to the Xbox One. Mojang also opens up Minecraft Realms, which is a server hosting service. Man Max is delayed until 2015, and other stories. I talk about what I'm playing now, mainly ESO, as well as what I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now. We are live with episode 22 for the podcast, and it will just be me tonight. Greg is not able to be with us this evening, so I will be holding down the fort and doing a solo podcast tonight. Um, For Monday evening, we have some new stories that we're going to talk about, what I've been playing now, what I want to play, Um, but we're going to start off with some stuff of where we can be found. Um, You can send us some emails what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Um, Google Plus, plus.google.com slash plus what I'm playing now podcast and twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Um, we normally do streams on Twitch. Usually Wednesday we do a retro Wednesday stream, and Saturdays we do our normal Saturday stream. Uh, this past Saturday I did some Elder Scrolls online. Sometimes we will do some all-day streams. Other times we will do some shorter ones on Saturdays. But check us out and catch what we are playing. Since Greg's not here and we don't have Uncle Greg's picture hour, we are going to jump straight into some of the news stories. One of the big news stories for the week was the World of Darkness MMO from uh, CCP developer, the EVE Online developer, Um, has been canceled. So there will be no World of Darkness. Um, It sounds like the game was first announced back in 2006. Um, It was going to be based on White Wolf's role-playing game franchise. Uh, I believe it was going to have vampires and both werewolves in there as well. Um, But it sounds like after years of development um, and quite a bit of work on the game, that there just wasn't going to be anything that they could pull together to get ready for release. So I'm really bummed about this one, to be honest. This was one of the few MMOs that was up and coming that I was really looking forward to. Um, I actually know several people that wanted to play this one. Um, I've been a fan of White Wolf games for years, um, playing some of their live-action role-playing stuff, um, the Vampire the Masquerade, the role-playing game, some of their card games back in the day. Uh, they did a collectible card game called Rage, which was based on um, their Werewolf their werewolf series, uh, which is a pretty cool card game. I think I still have some of those cards actually laying around somewhere. Um, can't remember where they are, but I'm sure I do have a box or two of them somewhere from the days back in the comic book days. Um, so, But this was kind of... I was really bummed to hear that this game was canceled. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to pick this up. It'll be interesting to see if anybody comes forward and maybe gets together with White Wolf and attempts to make another maybe vampire-slash-werewolf-type MMO. 
I think this is a pretty cool universe that they can make an MMO in, one that I definitely like to play. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see what comes out of this, and if anybody does come forward and maybe attempts to make another one. I'm definitely hoping that somebody does step up and, and make one. Um, one of the other stories I found on GameSpot um, was that basically the same day that CCP announced they were canceling production of World of Darkness, that the Georgia government actually put together a bill that would extend a tax credit to local video game developers. Basically, if companies had an average payroll of 500000 or more and less than $100 million of taxable income, they would be eligible for um, some tax breaks. So, in the GameSpot article, they were basically stating that it's kind of crazy that this would have happened the same day that... Um, CCP let or you know basically let go of some people. I think there were about 70 people working on World of Darkness. Um, some people were probably put into different um, jobs within CCP, but I it does sound like some people were let go. So it'd be interesting to know if maybe this bill was signed sooner or if maybe CCP held out for a little bit longer. If um, this might have actually saved the game or maybe even saved some of the developers' jobs. Um, I don't know how many people they had um, work, had working within Georgia or not, um, but it will. It's kind of interesting to see that um, that something like this happened basically the the day that the day that uh, that they let all these people go that this type of bill was signed. So have to see what comes out of that one. One of the next stories I found was on Polygon. Um, a project, a game called Project Cars that touts photorealism is supposed to be released in November. Um, I would definitely take a look for this game if you haven't watched it and you're a racing car fan. Uh, the graphics in this game are rather crazy. They are very, very nuts. Um, it, it does look pretty much photorealistic. Uh, I watched a couple of different videos on this game so far. And I'm a huge racing car fan, um, especially when it comes to um, racing games on the consoles and on the PC. Um, I definitely think this one will be pretty cool. The, the graphics do look quite amazing, um, and it's supposed to be out in November. I think it's coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, and PC. So we will have to just keep our eyes on this one and kind of see what happens with that. So, on to our next story, and we're going to talk about Mojang for a little bit. The good old Minecraft people. Um, one of the things that was discussed in the Polygon article and on a couple other sites I saw, uh, transfers of games from the Xbox 360 version will be able to be transferred to the Xbox One. Uh, it sounds like PS4 is going to be working on something similar. Um, one of the amazing things that I read in this article was that the Xbox 360 edition of Minecraft has sold more than 12,000 copies of the game, which is pretty quite amazing, because um, I believe the PC versions probably sold more than that. I was trying to look on their website earlier. I remember when I first um, had downloaded Minecraft when it was in the alpha, um, I didn't purchase it till the beta, actually. 
they used to have the stats on their website as to how many for or how many copies of the games they had actually sold on the website. Um, I looked there again today. I looked there today, and I didn't see the link that took you to the page of basically the running total. So I'm not too sure if this was something that they actually discontinued off the page, or if maybe it was just put in a different spot, and I just didn't click the right link. Um, but I couldn't find the information out there. But um, I think that's pretty cool that they're actually making the save games um, transferable between consoles. I think that's definitely the smartest thing to do. Uh, it will definitely increase their sales of the games as people move from the 360 to the Xbox One and the PS3 to the Xbox, or the PS3 to the PS4. So it'll... It'll basically just help them sell copies of the game because people will be able to keep their saves, move to the new console and to get to the next generation and still be able to do all the things they did with the older versions of Minecraft on, on, last, on the last-gen console. So I think that's a pretty, pretty smart thing to do. Kind of cool that they did that. Um, one of the other things I found in a Polygon article that I hadn't um, known about before was that Mojang was actually offering um, servers, private servers, to let um, people rent for Minecraft. I thought that's kind of a neat thing. Um, I had not realized that they were actually putting together basically a server server rental service called Minecraft Realms. Um, it sounds like you could maybe get as many as 20 people on your server. Um, servers are going to be up 24 hours a day. Um, subscriptions are going to start around 13 bucks a month, it says. Uh, and it's only for the PC version of Minecraft right now. Um, I think doing the consoles would be rather interesting. Uh, but um, considering how many different companies out there um, have made probably a ton of money off of offering this type of service for um, Minecraft by offering servers. I think it's pretty brilliant that Mojang got into this business um, and that they were actually able to do something like this. Uh, I think 13 bucks is a pretty reasonable price for the rental of a server. I really can't remember. I really didn't look up the price of some of the competitors to see if that's a competitive price. I think it is. Because I think when I used to play Minecraft, um, I think some of the prices for some of the servers was probably around the similar um, price range. So uh, it sounds like this had been released um, in Sweden last December, and it was just released on April 24th in the U.S. So... If you're still a Minecraft player on the PC and you're looking for a server and you want to rent one, Minecraft Realms may be the thing for you. Check it out. Let's see what our next story is. we got another GameSpot story. Um, the Mad Max game. There's a, kind of some bumming news this week. There's a, games that are being canceled, other games that are basically being delayed. Um, the Just Cause developers of the Mad Max game was delayed. Mad Max is delayed until 2015. Uh, I believe this game was announced last year at E3, if I remember correctly. Um, but it sounds like Avalanche Studios is pushing it out another year. I don't really think there's been a whole hell of a lot of news that has been released on this game ever since the announcement at E3. Um, so it's kind of not really surprising with E3 coming up here that um, 
that it's going to be delayed probably until 2015. It sounds like it's still going to be coming out for last gen and um, now current gen consoles. So basically 360, Xbox One, PS3, and PS4. Uh, it still sounds like it's coming out for all, all of them. Um, they did put out a new trailer. I watched the trailer. It definitely shows a lot of car combat, um, which will be kind of cool. They really didn't show too much um, if there's any on-foot combat or stuff like that, but I'm definitely sure that there's going to be. It's just not going to be um, basically anything that's just car combat would be my guess. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see with E3 coming right around the corner if they actually do uh, have anything, have any further information for this at E3. And I'm also interested to see if um, Avalanche announces any anything about maybe a Just Cause 3 at um, this E3. Because I know the Just Cause games are fairly popular. Um, I know I played one and I played two. Um, both of them are really good games. So I know a lot of people are out there waiting for Just Cause 3 to be announced. So we'll have to see if uh, they actually do anything like that at um, at this year's E3. Um, jump on to another story here. Twitch is actually one of the, or actually is, the largest live streaming site in the U.S. Um, there was a report put together by Quilt um, that actually shows the top 10 streaming sites in the U.S. Twitch was number one by a far margin over everybody else with 43.6% of the market share. Next highest would have been WWE, then Ustream, and then MLB. ESPN was number five. So Twitch is just by and far one of the largest streaming sites in the U.S. And it's crazy because when I mention Twitch to quite a few people at work, they kind of just laugh and be like, you know, they, I, considering they're, they're, a lot of them aren't gamers, they just sit there and are like, you know, who watches people to play games? And they don't realize how big that this market actually is, considering it's beat out some of these very large companies. So, and being able to beat out WWE, well, WWE, though, I think is a newer streaming service. So I can kind of see that, but Ustream and MLB and ESPN, that's, that's, that's pretty big, and... Um, I know we, like I mentioned at the top of our podcast, we do our streaming out to Twitch. Um, we do a couple of streams a week, and, we, you know, we we don't stream by far as much as other streamers. It's something we want to get into a little bit more. Um, Twitch is definitely the platform, it seems, like everybody uses. Uh, so, you know, we're definitely going to keep using them, and kudos to Twitch for being, you know, the top one in the U.S. That's That's pretty freaking awesome. So, speaking of some PS4 stuff, there's a story on GameSpot where PS4 might finally get some MP3 playback support. Um, in Shuhei Yoshida's um, queue, some people noticed that there was a music player demo um, that he had shown up, and some people are thinking this could possibly be some sort of maybe MP3 player uh, for the PS4 since it doesn't have one. Or some people also kind of saw a video that had a description on there of Bungie Internal Beta EN PS4, which could be the Destiny Beta, which was just released, um, I believe. 
So, who knows? Um, one of the things that was mentioned in the GameSpot article was that um, when the PS4 was released, there were a lot of people complaining and a lot of people stating that they wish it did have um, MP3 support. Um, this isn't something I've really used much in consoles where I put together my own playlist while I'm playing games. Usually I kind of like to get into um, the music that's either in the game or I kind of just like to listen to the sounds of the games rather than playing any other sort of background music or anything um, while gaming. So I know this isn't something that I would be looking forward to, but I know there's a lot of people that do use this feature. So if they do put this in, I think there would be a lot of people that would um, give Sony kudos for putting this in the PS4. Um, I believe in one of the upcoming patches, I think maybe in the 1.7 patch that's supposed to be released this week, I think that's supposed to fix some of the DLNA support um, that's supposed to... Uh, that was built into the PS4. Um, I think some of that stuff's going to be removed, so you're actually going to be able to stream out to some of the different streaming devices, maybe like an Elgato or something. You'll be able to use those now to do some video capture with on the PS4 that you couldn't do previously. So hopefully they keep updating the firmwares going for the firmware uh, going forward on the PS4, and they continue to make improvements that people like. Uh, you know, if there are if there is a big group out there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a pretty decent sized group that does want the MP3 playback. I, I think Sony probably realizes this, and they're, they've gotten their feedback, and it's probably being worked on, so hopefully Sony can get that fixed in an upcoming update. So one of the other things I found an article for was um, a Polygon article. Um, we had talked about this on some of the last podcasts. Um, where they were basically going to start doing some digging out in New Mexico and try to find some of the buried, supposedly, ET cartridges. Well, we can no we no longer have to say supposedly. What the news sites had talked about back in the early 80s um, when Atari had done this was completely true. They did some digging this weekend. Uh, Microsoft was out there. Major Nelson was out there. Um, Xbox Live. They were doing a documentary. And it does appear that there were quite a bit of things buried out there in the New Mexico desert out there. And a lot of ET cartridges were found. Um, some still in full wrappers, still boxes. It looks like they were in still in fairly good shape. Um they had some people standing there playing games and stuff. Don't know if that was any of the ones they actually dug out of the grounds. But one of the things that kind of made me laugh at this actual story was when I got home from work, my wife was watching the news today. And lo and behold, but um, they were actually discussing this on the local news story. And I just thought that that was um, kind of funny that that the actual that this story actually made it to local news um, and was actually that popular of a story that they, that they were even picking up this type of stuff. So I don't know if it was maybe just a slow news week or if um, this really is that big of a story. I mean, to a lot of gamers, this is a pretty big story. Um, you know, this is kind of like you know when Geraldo went down and tried to you know open up Al Capone's vault to see what he found. Um, you know, this was kind of this was that kind of story as far as game. You know, to most gamers, um, you know, there was just so much speculation and so much controversy and wondering, at, you know, what actually was down was buried down there. So, it looks like they actually found some 
a lot of stuff down there. I'm really interested to see this documentary that they're going to put together over this. I think that'll be really interesting when that comes out. Um, kind of can't wait to see that. It's really cool that they actually did find stuff down there, and it wasn't just like digging and find just a bunch of junk or nothing at all. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what comes out of the documentary. And you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people watching that when that comes out. So I know I'll definitely be one of them. One of the other stories I found this week was that Major League Gaming is building an arena in China. Um, it appears that they're um, building um, an arena that's going to be open in 2017. And I think it's going to hold be about a 15,000-seat arena, I think is what I had seen in one of the articles. Um, so that should be pretty interesting. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they actually build more arenas than this um, in other countries. I think it would be kind of cool if they actually maybe built something like that in the U.S. here. I'm definitely sure it wouldn't be any, probably anywhere near where where I live. It'd probably be within New York or probably West Coast would be my guess, mainly because of the weather out there. Um, but I think this is something that's that's pretty cool that they're actually building an arena that's going to be just for MLG, you know, for Major League Gaming. So, kind of along these lines, which really surprised me, I found an article today um, on my Google Plus feed on the Verge. Uh, they were talking about. Um, the upcoming ESPNX games, they were actually going to have a Call of Duty competition there. It sounds like um, you know, Call of Duty players will be able to compete um, just like skateboarders, the VMAX, Moto X guys, and everybody for the same types of medals. Um, they're going to have teams there, and it's going to be rounded up to eight of the premier COD teams, and they'll all be you know, racking up kills to earn the medals. So that's really interesting. Um, MLG has, you know, MLG.TV. Um, they have an app you can get on your Android phone. I'm sure there's one on the iPhone as well. Um, they have a 360 app. Uh, so this is definitely something that if you can't go there and watch the X Games, which is something I normally watch anyway, um, but I'll definitely be kept picking up on some of the on some of the um, Call of Duty playing that they're going to be have out there on the competitions. I think that'll be kind of interesting to see, especially on a grander scale than um, what we're getting maybe on Twitch. This will be something that'll be a little bit more mainstream. Press will cover that. Uh, so that should definitely put um, put some of this um, streaming and game playing, you know, on the much larger map um, than what has been, you know, so those were the news stories for the week. I think I pretty much just covered them all. We kind of rattled through those in about 20 minutes since I did not have anybody to talk to. Um, but those are the stories for the week. I think there were some pretty good stories out there. Um, there were a couple other small stories that I had seen that, were, that I thought were okay, but I didn't want to put too, too many stories in here. I wanted to leave some time to talk about um, what I'm playing now and what I want to play. So I'm going to take a quick break, get a drink, and right after that, we are going to continue on with what I'm playing now, and that will be the next section. All right. So what I'm playing now. Well, my Saturday stream 
that I did for the website was Elder Scrolls Online. So pretty much for the week I've been playing Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I think as of last night I hit level 29 finally. I'm trying to catch up with a couple of guys from work. I know one guy's like 36 I think he said. Or maybe 35. Um, but it's it's still a game that I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying quite a bit. Um, I was able to get into several different guilds so far. You can you can be in a maximum of five guilds, and I think I'm in currently five of them. They're all trading guilds, so I may have to drop one of them because I would actually like to get into a normal guild where they're set up to do uh, some of the late game raiding as well as some PvP. Uh, the PvP that I played so far, I've, I've enjoyed uh, a whole hell of a lot as far as PvP goes. I think it's really cool. The siege weapons are pretty cool to control. It's really neat seeing um, keeps being taken. And some of the graphics that they have out there in just Cyrodiil, which is the PvP area, uh, were pretty cool. As you're running out to like the first keep, you're running past... Um, I took some screenshots, and I'll try to put them up on the website. You're running past this one area where there were a couple of large dragons that were fighting, and you got, I kind of just stood there for a second like, what the hell is this? Um, but still having a blast with the game. Uh, each area that I go into is just a little different than the last. The quests are still very engaging. Uh, the, the voice acting in the game, having so much... Um, voiceovers that were recorded for the NPCs is just amazing. It's I think I mentioned it when I was playing the stream on Saturday that I had played some of Final Fantasy XIV and there really wasn't much, if any, voiceovers in Final Fantasy XIV and it was kind of a big turnoff because uh, a lot of the MMOs recently have had uh, you know recorded voices for a lot of the NPC characters. Not necessarily all of them, but when you're working on the main storyline, it's kind of nice to be able to sit back and have it engage you some and get pulled into uh, the story and just sit there and kind of listen to it and, you know, it play out kind of like a movie. Um, and I just didn't get that feeling when I played Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I have some friends that are playing Final Fantasy XIV. They enjoy it, so I know there's obviously... Um, some sort of call for that type of game. I, you know, it it doesn't appear to be broken like it did when it was first released. Um, it definitely seems like this, the re-release that they went through, um, has definitely fixed a lot of the issues that they had originally, but it just wasn't the type of MMO that I was looking for at this time. Um, and it has been a little while since I had played an MMO consistently. Um, ever since I had stopped playing Rift, I was playing Astron's Call for a while still. I still do play that. I'm not playing it daily like I am Elder Scrolls right now. Uh, but but so far I'm really enjoying Elder Scrolls. Uh, one of the things about the guilds that I thought was rather interesting is they do limit you to um, five guilds that you can join. Even though you can only be a member of five guilds, it's pretty interesting the way that they're working the trading because there's no um, auction house in the game. And I thought that this is a rather interesting thing that they did because I know some people would really like to have like um like a whole world auction house. But in talking with some people that I'm playing the game with, I'm kind of thinking it's a good thing the way they just let the 
guilds basically have like a guild store is what they're calling it, which is kind of like your auction house. Um, your guilds are limited to 500 people, so you definitely want to try to be in some of the large, you know, uh, as far as your trading guild goes, you want to try to find some of the larger ones, and they do tend to fill up rather quickly. Um, but I think by them doing this, I think this has kept some of the possible inflation of prices that could be going on on some of the items down um, because you just have a limited amount of people that you can sell things to, and and I think it's just I think I think having that 500 person limit on there is is almost a way to maybe control some of the economy. It seems because this this is one of the first MMOs I played where I actually feel like I can spend money on gear, where I can actually you know buy the gear that I'd like to buy uh, that I that I find in the auction house, and there's there's some decent gear on there. A lot of the stuff you can get through drops. Um, a lot of the stuff you can craft as well. Uh, one of the guys that I'm playing with, I think he's saying that he's usually maybe buying half the gear for you know every couple of levels, and then he's crafting half the gear that he's wearing. Um, I've done quite a bit of crafting myself um, for for my mage. Uh, lately, I've kind of put together um, some actual suits. Of armor, I think currently I'm wearing two different suits. I'm wearing the necromancer suit, I think, and the warlock suit, um, which are giving different bonuses just for having wearing three pieces of each each different suit. You then basically get a get a particular bonus, um, which is which I thought is kind of cool. So I was able to squeeze together the different pieces of between jewelry and clothing, and was actually able to fi um, actually fill out both suits um, with three pieces, and I'll probably be wearing these for a little bit, a little while still. Um, once I get into my 30s, though, I have a feeling I'm going to be my early 30s, probably a couple more levels. I might be outgrowing these. It all depends on what type of drops I'm getting and how much more um, magic I can get added on. Because right now, with the armor that I'm wearing, I'm already hitting the soft cap limit for my um, for my max magic right now. I'm finding out, and several other attributes as well. I'm just able to hit the soft cap on just through um, the armor and jewelry that I'm wearing, and I definitely, by any means, don't have some of the you know, a lot of the best armor. I mean, like I said, I was able to put together the suits. Um, I think I have a couple pieces of blue armor on me, um, and I actually just took off one blue. Um, cloak I think to put on an or a, one blue robe to put on a green robe basically so it would finish out the necromancer suit so um, but I but I think having having these guild shops is definitely helping the economy in that the way you always have a supply and a demand I think your demand is so small and your supply is so small in some of these large smaller um, guilds that you're having since they only max out of 500 people I think that's helping keeping some of the prices down um, some people do put things on there for you know maybe a thousand or two thousand gold and I see those things sitting there for quite a while I really haven't seen too many of those things selling um, but it does seem like a lot of the lower priced things um, people do seem to be picking up um, it's 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 crazy not to spend 300 gold maybe on a, on a piece of armor um, you know, instead of trying to get a drop and, you know, and maybe fill out a suit of armor. So, you know, as long as the prices stay inexpensive, I think it's really kind of keeping the economy in check and everything, which I think is a really interesting thing that they did with the game. Um, we'll definitely have to wait and see how it plays out once you get to max level 
and you're in some of these guilds and people are kind of decked out with um, much better gear, uh, what happens with some of that higher-end gear? I have a feeling that stuff will definitely sell for a lot more. But even some of the um, veteran-ranked gear that I've seen in some of the uh, guild stores already isn't really priced that outrageously high, which is it isn't priced that um, outrageously high, which has really, really surprised me. So, um, that's about it. I've been playing ESO, been really enjoying that, been wanting to get back into my Vita. I haven't really had a chance to play much with the Vita lately, because um, I've been working on the website, doing some different videos, and, like I said, playing ESO. So, one of the things I did see um, some gameplay for the other day, which is something I want to play now, is a game called Arcage. Um, I saw GameSpot playing this the other day, and this wasn't even on my radar. I kind of just clicked on their Twitch stream the one day, and kind of was just keep keeping an eye on it to see what was going on. And it's an MMO. It's being put out by Tryon. Uh, they're the ones who did um, Rift. They also are working on a game called um, Trine, I think it is. Um, which is kind of like a voxel-based game, kind of like what Cube World was, it seems. Um, but this Arc Age looks rather interesting. It appears to be really crafting heavy. Um, I, I saw people making boats, um, hang gliding. Uh, the game is basically an alpha. It looks like you can pay to get into alpha right now. I think if you wanted to pay to get into alpha, though, it looks like it's around 150 bucks if you can't um, get an invite into the game. Not really too sure I would pay for something 150 bucks to get into this alpha, especially when the game looks like, from what I was reading, it's going to be free to play. It also looks like there's going to be some sort of, you know, monetization to the game um, in, you know, I don't want to say auction house, but like a, like a real money, you know, where you're going to be able to buy items. Um, you know, within the game. So I'm not really too sure how that works. I really haven't read a whole lot on the game so far. But what I've seen of the game being played, it looks really cool. The graphics look amazing. Um, being able to build a boat, a house, and a lot of the different things, it sounds like you have to basically collect um, the items, the wood, stone, and all that stuff to be able to build it. It sounds like it's, you know, something that, you know, you're definitely not going to be building those things right away. It sounds like there's also different style houses. Um, and it sounds like from what I've read that the plots of land to build the houses on are going to be limited. So this is probably going to be a game you'd want to get in early in on. So you could definitely claim a plot of land. Um, I don't know how large of a plot of land you can claim if or how that works. I really didn't see that part and I really didn't read too much about it. Um, but from what I've seen, it looked really cool. Uh, and I'm definitely, definitely going to be keeping an eye on this, see maybe when it gets into beta. Maybe I'll pick up one of the beta, you know, pay for the beta possibly. I really don't even know if I want to do that. Um, maybe I can get an invite into the game somehow. Maybe I can win one through a gaming site or something. Um, since we aren't given any of those things at our site yet, maybe someday. Um, but it definitely looked like something you want to check out. I would definitely give it a give it a look and see how it goes. Um, but that's about it. I think we're going to call that for an episode. Um, didn't expect to do an hour episode. We're just over a half hour now, and that'll be it for this show. Um, 
If you have any questions for us, send us some emails at whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at whatimplayingnow, drop the G. Um, follow us on Google Plus, plus.google.com slash plus podcast And follow us on twitch.tv. We have a couple people following us now. Definitely would like to have more people following us. Twitch.tv slash whatimplayingnow. Once again, my name is Joe from What I'm Playing Now for the weekly What I'm Playing Now podcast. Thanks for watching, and we'll catch you later. Have a good week, everybody, and keep gaming.